0: Hi, and welcome back to This Weekend Voice, Season 5, Episode 5. Today is Thursday, November 19th, 2020. My name is Bradley Matrock. I'm CEO of a company called Score Publishing based in Nashville, Tennessee. Thrilled to have a little bit different of a show this week. And uh, we only have one guest, and his name is Dr. Terry Fisher. And really thrilled to have him on. And rather than talk about particular stories of the week, I wanted to simply provide a little bit of time to have a conversation about something that Terry has put together that has really served, served the community of people working with voice and AI, furthered the community of people working with voice and AI. Um, and I just really want to dig into it. Terry. How are you?
1: I'm great, Bradley. Thank you so much for
0: uh, for having me on the show. Um,
1: <laughs> I've been listening to your show for years, and uh, it's wonderful to be on it. So thank you.
0: Yeah, it's been a long time coming. Yeah, so I uh, appreciate you, you you making the time, and, and you just you do a lot of excellent things. Let's let's start from the beginning. Tell everybody who you are, what you do. Paint us a picture.
1: Sure. So as you said, my name's Terry Fisher. Um, my uh, my day job uh, by profession, I'm a physician, and I work uh, at the University of British Columbia in uh, in Vancouver, Canada. Um, and I've I've said more and more that I'm a physician by day and a voice enthusiast by night. Um, my whole um, entrance into the voice space really has come out of a hobby, out of a passion, and it still really is. Um, I still practice medicine. Um, but I've always really, really enjoyed playing with gadgets and technology, ever since, really ever since I was a kid. Um, and as the latest technology came out, I was always very interested in getting my hands on those devices and playing with them and seeing what we could do with them. And uh, at the same time, another sort of big passion of mine is education. Before medical school, I did an education degree, and I, I really enjoy teaching. And whenever I have the opportunity to combine that, sort of the education, technology, technology, um, and medicine in certain aspects as well, um, I jump on those opportunities. And so when I first became aware of voice technology and the new smart speakers and all those gadgets, of course I was very interested. Um, grabbed a couple of those, started playing around with them and the more I learned about them, the more I realized this is actually a, this is a big deal where we're going with voice technology and how it's gonna change the world. And again, I wanted to create something more of a hobby. And I started with the Alexa in Canada blog and podcast and created other things on top of that. And it's really just grown from there. And um, can I say, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, I have to say, I really appreciate the support from the community with everything I've been doing, including you Bradley, you were one of my first guests actually on the Alexa in Canada podcast. Wait, that's now like two and a half, three years ago, something like that. So uh, it's wonderful.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm, uh, I'm a fan of everything you've been doing, and um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's interesting how we've been at it long enough to where we've been able to see new crops of, of people and sort of an expansion of the concentric circles of. of <laughs> people in, in the space. And um, uh, it's, it's been fun to watch it grow. And certainly the resources that you've put together, no doubt, have helped people come into the space, whether it's, you know, your flash briefing workshops, or just your, your podcast in general, your podcasts uh, in general, um, you know, just everything that you bring to the table. Let's, let's talk about, so, uh, you know, this week you had a party for the voice community, um, which is interesting in and of itself. It was the culmination of this thing you've been doing called the voice den. Walk us through it. Let's, let's start with what is the voice den?
1: Okay, so um, the Voiced End, for those that haven't joined, it's um, the way I descri- uh, It's gone through a couple of iterations in the way I've described it, but I think the best the best description I can give is it's basically like an online reality show that brings together uh, what we're calling voice influencers, yourself included, people that are influential in the voice space, um, but really to reproduce the type of experience that people get when they're at conferences like yours, um, but outside of the the, uh, the formal sessions where people can. Get together and get together for a drink, or you know, go out for dinner, and and that really was the origin of the voice. stand. I was I was thinking, especially with everything going on with COVID now, um, how can we recreate those experiences that we have at conferences? I love going to these conferences. I've been to many of the conferences, as you know, Bradley, and um, and I love sitting in the sessions. But what I what I find the most valuable is the fact that these conferences, these live events, bring people together, and. Um, and again, you have those opportunities to to meet those people that you're following on social media, and it's always fun to kind of put a put a face to that social media, that Twitter handle, and then go out for dinner together. And I thought, like, how do you recreate that aspect of a conference online? And I thought, well, what defines that type of experience? Well, when you're getting together with somebody for, for a coffee or for a drink or for dinner, you're not going to sit in a lecture at that particular moment of the day. You, it's very unstructured. It's really just a natural, authentic conversation. What kind of questions come up, and you just talk about them. So I thought that's what I want to try to reproduce with the voice stand, and that's why the voice stand is <laughs> very much unstructured. And the only structure that there really is to it is that I invite five people that I think people would like to hear from um, each each time that we run the, the event, and then. The floor is open, so people just ask questions. There's a way that they can, up, people can vote on questions that are more popular or that seem to strike a chord with people. And then we literally bring those people on screen with these voice fluencers um, a couple at a time, and we we just have a discussion. And we never know where the discussion's gonna go, we never know what the questions are gonna be, um, but it's all about creating that fun, relaxed environment. And, um, Again, it's been it's been great to see the support from the community. I really appreciate that.
0: Well, you definitely have, have succeeded you've succeeded in several ways in my estimation and and not the least of which is the atmosphere that you've managed to create and cultivate and nurture in this voiced in thing. And you know, you look you you, you look at it and it's like what is that? <laughs> and then you, and then you participate in it and you, und- and you really start to understand it. It's got this great fit to the community. And, uh, you know, I spent a long time thinking about this after, you know, I, I you invited me on earlier, you know, to be part mm-hmm. of the show. And, um, you know, the fact of the matter is that with COVID, you um, We're all in information overload. Mm -hmm. If I want to hear somebody talk about the latest and greatest with conversational AI, Mm -hmm. I can go to YouTube. I can go on Google. I'm in front of my computer constantly during the day anyway. So I can take a little sliver of that time. I can go on. I can search. I can find somebody talking about it. And there you go information has turned into a commodity. Mm -hmm. But as you have lasered in on, the the social aspects that we're all yearning for that we don't have that are hard to replicate, in some cases impossible to replicate, um, that's uh, precious. And if you can do it, it's hard to do for several reasons. First of all, the temptation would be to monetize that, and which would suck that carefully nurtured atmosphere right out <laughs> and replace it with something super corporate that would be gross. You've resisted that temptation to your credit. There's other things that could go wrong as well, and you've avoided all of those, and you've really created something special that complements, you know, all the, the 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 endless circus parade of virtual events, many of which we've done. We're all tired of them. Um, but what you've done is special and unique. So it really just hats off to you. I don't even think that's a question, it's just a long comment. Well, I, I really appreciate that. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much for those comments. That's um it, it's so wonderful to hear that because that's that's what i've been trying to do and so you know to get that acknowledgement i i i really appreciate that and and it it comes from every like when i sat down to do it as as you'll know bradley like i i really try to think of every single little detail of how that can how i can really kind of foster that type of environment and it went from like i I did a review of different platforms and the particular platform that i use i have no affiliate with them whatsoever um they don't support show in any way but i use crowdcast and i just I i like the feeling of it i like that it created that community feel that I could bring people on screen. There's a chat with pictures of the people that are commenting in the chat. And that sort of made it feel like you were in a room with these people. Um, so everything from that to, you know, to the virtual background that you're seeing now and for the party when I created it with, or I, I should say I decorated it with streamers and all these little things that I think really add to the, to the atmosphere. And, um, you know, it's part of, it's part of me who I am and part of being creative and really kind of I also like to kind of push the push the boundaries, as you'll know, and push the limits of what you can do with the technology, and it's a lot of oh, fun.
0: You definitely do that. I'll, I'll get to that in a second, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you're you know you're definitely a detail oriented guy, and it comes off with with how you put this thing together. What um um what's been the biggest surprise from doing the voice den so far? So you've done a number of episodes of the voice den. They're all at night. They're all after hours. They all have, you know, five people uh, from the community being part of it. Um, as you, you said, you don't know the questions in advance. It's all very spontaneous. Um, and then it culminated in this uh, party uh, that you had this week that had you know, roughly 200 people attending, um, which is a fantastic number. Um, what's the biggest thing you've learned? I think the biggest thing that I've I've learned is that people people yearn for
1: this kind of connection, particularly now during uh during COVID. Um, just as you you said a few minutes ago, like myself included, we're we're constantly on the internet. We're constantly looking at um, whether it's meetings, whether it's events, whether it's whatever. Um, I, it comes back to really just kind of creating connection with people, I think, and, and building that community. And what has surprised me is how Receptive really the community has been to it. how supportive they've been and how people have told me that You know, they look forward to that. I've, I've received some Wonderful, wonderful comments from people about how um, you know, it's the one of the comments that comes to mind is um, Somebody uh, sent me a message saying it's the closest thing they felt to being in person like meeting in person with people um, Another comment said like this is the most fun. I've had online in months and and those sorts of things and um so that's, that's the, the biggest surprise is, you know, when, when you first start something, anything new, it's like, how are people going to receive this? Is it going to be successful? And um, it turns out that people do want to connect. And, um, and it's, been, it's just been wonderful to get that feedback. So I think the biggest surprise is just how, how well it has been received. I didn't know how well it would be received.
0: What, um, what's the end game for something like The Voice Den? You know, I've certainly started my share of things. I think that it's a totally unappreciated entrepreneurial muscle to do things that are simply worth doing Mm -hmm. without thinking about, you know, I think you had, you you know, Alexa sponsored it. But, you know, even without that, like um, starting something where the end is not always in mind. Um, starting something where um, you just know that there's enough of a, a core essence of value there that it's worth pursuing, and then just letting letting it grow and 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 see where the path takes you. I think there's value in that, and that doesn't really get discussed. Like that's not bandied about in Harvard Business Review or anything like that. But uh, a lot of great things have started that way, and this is one of them you're, you're knee deep in it now. Um, You know, what, uh, where do you see this going? That's
1: a great question. And the, the short answer is, I don't know what the end game is. Um, The, the sort of the longer answer is, and it kind of gets back to what you were saying is, um, you know, when I think about doing things that I enjoy doing, and and again, everything that I've done has come from a hobby. And I, and I think there's, there's there's a, you know, there's some value in that statement, I think alone is just if you have a passion do it and you know good things will good things will come from that but when I think about like just being being creative um as you know like I'm a musician I've played music my entire life um I love I love being creative I love getting up on stage I love performing with bands and that sort of stuff um and this is sort of an extension of that it's being a host it's having fun it's 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 trying to be entertaining it's it's trying to bring people together at the same time being educational being a teacher being a guide being a mentor to the industry. of course, it's in areas I mentioned already, technology. And so, just the, the fact that this platform, this event, The Voice end, seems to bring together a lot of the things that I'm really interested in, for me, that makes it worthwhile doing for me. Even if it's just just for fun, just because I love putting them on so much. Now, the end game, however, is yes, I would love to, um, and, and I ha- and yeah, as you mentioned, I mean, a huge shout out to Amazon Alexa for being a headliner sponsor. They've been a sponsor now for months of, of, for this event. Um, and, you know, I would love to continue to develop sponsorships for the program. As you said, I do not want to turn it into a corporate type program where people are getting up and making pitches for products and that sort of thing. That's that It would, it would completely lose the, the purpose of, of what it is. But um, I am totally open to more sponsorships of the show. And, I've had people reach out to me from, for example, from Europe, various places in Europe and some people that we, we both know, um, some of the influencers in the, uh, in the voice space and well, across the world, really. And they say, well, the time isn't great for me on a Wednesday evening. Like, what can we do about that? And I say, well, I'm, I'm only one person right now. I'm still practicing medicine, uh, almost full time. Um, and, you know, I have thought about doing the voice stand Europe doing The Voice stand and expanding it out to other areas and then choosing different different times. But one of the things that's really special about The Voice Den right now at this time is that there's some regularity to it. And people know, like, Wednesday evenings, this is where, you know, once a month, we're gonna go hang out in The Voice stand, and we're all gonna chat and, and I don't wanna mess with that because I think that's so important. So the end game, I, I think for now, is for me to continue doing it, continue to push the boundaries, continue to have fun, but I'm totally open to sponsorships and if I can, Um, you know, continue to to develop those sponsorships, then maybe this does become uh, a bigger event, becomes more of part of my time. Maybe I even scale back my medical practice a little bit and do this more often or do it in different areas or, you know, who knows the way it's going to evolve. But that's kind of the the fun of it.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's great. Um, uh, You know, taking things one step at a time, there's no problem with that. Um, I... uh, (coughs) you know, I could easily see a voiced in in Europe. I could see a voiced in all over the place. Um, I could see different variations of the voiced in for different types of groups. Um, I think you're, you know, you're just scratching the surface and the thing about how you execute the voiced in it opens a lot of those sorts of doors. And so, you know, yeah, you you're, you're pretty fearless with technology. The, 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 the client that you use to do it is pretty, I'm, I haven't seen anything like that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a simpleton when it comes to virtual events, because I like <laughs> knowing that things are going to work exactly how I want them to work. You know what I mean? And so we go with zoom webinar back end and, it's all very, you know, just very simple. Um, and uh, uh, you're, that's, that's not what you did. Uh, you, you know, you've got a pretty complex um, technological operation going on on the screen. And then, uh, you know, with the party, um, things like the game. Which I thought it actually worked okay. Uh, you know, there was a little bit of a lag, but um I thought that was a cool addition. I'd never seen that before. Um, the game Kahoot. Um you know, just different touches that you've had, I think uh uh you're you're very well researched.
1: Oh, well thank you, thank you. Yeah, I mean when of uh, the game, you know, just speaking more about the party, I knew that I wanted to do something different. And the voice stand was already different enough. So I was kinda I almost when I said, Yeah, I want to do this party, I was like, oh, how am I going to make this different? Like this has got to be something special. Now, the the first thing is of course that it, it was sort of the culmination of my 1,000 flash briefing. So that in itself, it was a way for me to celebrate that, but but really to bring the community together and acknowledge everybody for 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 supporting everything that that I that I've done. And it was a way to just celebrate together and, and share that with people. So so that in itself, I decided that I would do something special on the flash briefing, and that's where I did that crack the code um, flash briefing game. Leading up to that. So that in itself was fun. I had great partners that, you know, that volunteered to provide some prizes for that, which was wonderful. Um, and, uh, and we, we made it a big event and we gave away a great prize package to the, to the grand prize winner. Um, I saw
0: that. Yeah, that, that was, that was a, uh, that was a lot of value for uh, the, the person who won that. Um, let's, let's shift gears a second. Sure. Because uh, that is something that it's easy to gloss over as the party was sort of commemorating 1,000 flash briefings. Yep. So I just want to reflect on that for a minute. Sure. You have done 1,000 flash briefings. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. And you're here to talk about it. <laughs> still, Barely, but yeah. You haven't jumped off a, a nearby <laughs> cliff or anything like that. Yep. So, um, you know... Uh, I, I, I barely know where to start with that. <laughs> I, I know. So we're closing in. I think this is the 93rd or 94th episode of this week in voice. Yeah. So, you know, we're in the fifth season of it. Um, I know what it takes to produce content. It, even as simple as I make it, you know, I, I there's a lot of things I could do. I don't do any of them. I do it very simple and even doing it simple, a lot of work. Um, for what you do with these flash briefings and even some of your other content, but just to focus on the flash briefings for a moment. Um, I don't care if it's two or three minutes or what it is. It that's, it's, it's, it's work.
1: Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's one of those things again, right? I started at the beginning, as I said, I've always been interested in sort of music audio and that sort of thing. And when I realized now, I guess almost three years ago that flash briefings were a thing, um, Again, at that point, it really—it's—I mean, it still is. It's not very common, right? It still is sort of pushing the boundaries of what you can do with technology. But, but at that point, really, it was. Uh, there weren't a lot of flash briefings out there. Um, but I thought it's a really interesting way to serve an audience, and in my case, teach them about voice technology. And that's what I started doing. At that point, I guess I didn't—never would have thought that three years out I'd be doing a one thousandth episode. Um, but um, yeah, I, I tried it. Go ahead,
0: go ahead, yeah. yeah so, sorry to interrupt. Have you encountered – so the other thing that you do is, you know, you've created a network for people who have flash briefings. So that's something else that you've done. In any, at any point along the way, with yeah. anything that you've done in any part of the world, have you encountered somebody who's done a 1,000 flash briefings other than you?
1: Uh, it's a good question. I don't think so. I, it, nothing, I I can't think of a person off the top of my head. Unless there is some sort of maybe, um, you know, not an independent person, but uh, but a, like a, a corporate or a news a news outlet. Um, I mean, some of those I think were on, well, they were on before uh, before I was. And I mean, in that case, I mean, they, some of those do multiple ones a day. So, you know, but I, I think as far as an independent person, um, I'm trying to
0: think. I can't think of
1: anybody off the top of my head.
0: Maybe there is. I I, I I don't think they exist. <laughs> um, I think the I think you're in rarefied air, and um, and so you know I think uh, Amazon, you know Amazon's got the flash briefing format, but I mean I think what you've done is something that any company of sufficient size could learn from, just this consistency. The, con, the consistency of having to do 1,000 flash briefings. Um, and uh, that's, that's monumental alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. then, you know, everything that you've learned, you know, I'm sure you track uh, a number of data points over time and just seeing the evolution of the flash briefing format and your audience and how that correlates with emails you may get or... Upticks in traffic, you may see. you got a lot of internal learning. Uh, you probably you have to be the most knowledgeable person on flash briefings on the planet. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I mean, you have to be. I
1: I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's very it's very kind. It's very kind of you to say. Um, but I mean, as far as your previous point, yeah. I mean, I do have my analytics and things, and it's it's fascinating to see the way that it just it grows over time. It's like anything. It's got a little bit of that hockey stick kind of shape curve to it, right? When I started off and there was just like the odd person listening to it, I, you know, I just I just kind of believe that what I was doing was um, going to be valuable based on what I was learning about voice technology, and um, it'd be a good resource. And I just stuck with it.
0: Out of the 1,000 episodes that you've done, the 1,000 flash briefings that you've done, mm-hmm. is there a particular one or particular class or topic of of one or type that stands out as having more gravitational pull to it than than others?
1: That's a great question. Um, This would more be anecdotal just from emails I get. I don't know that I've looked at the analytics specifically for the different types closely enough, but I believe the ones that would seem to um, be the most popular would be the ones where I'm giving some practical tip on how to use the device. So uh, an example would be, did you know that you can do this with routines on your Amazon Alexa device? Or here's an idea, here's a use case. You know, you, you I don't know, you wake up in the morning, you set this routine to happen, and this happens, 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 and it's just one command you have to give to your device, and your morning routine is taken care of, that sort of thing. And um, then people will will, send back a comment and it's like, Oh, I didn't know I could do that. That's great. That just saved me five minutes in my morning or 10 minutes or, or whatever. So those are the ones that I think that are popular.
0: That's it. That's interesting. Is there, is there anybody, do you have any Terry Fisher flash briefing lifers? Do you have any, um, people who have listened to the vast majority or possibly all of your 1000 flash briefings?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how many of them. I don't know how many of them, but yeah, there are a couple of people that I've gotten some emails from, from particular people in the community, and they've said that. They said, like, oh, I've been listening to your flash briefing since you started, or that sort of thing. Particularly with this Crack the Code game, because it's such a, such a, a different set of flash briefings these 10 days than what my typical content is. During the game, I'm providing clues. It, it, it is a game. Um, and so during that time, I tend to get a lot of, um, feedback from people like, hey, I'm playing the game. I want you to know I love the game. I've been listening to you for years. And uh, this is a very cool way to celebrate your 1000s. You know, happy 1000s. And so I do get those kind of comments, which is which is wonderful, which is wonderful to hear.
0: Yeah. Um, I'll ask you the same question with your flash briefing that I asked about the voice done. Yeah. Where does that go? Are you, are you on your way to doing another 1000? You know, on your way to 2000? Are you... um eyeing some sort of shift of some sort um what what's the roadmap uh for for the flash briefing moving forward
1: yeah it's a good question uh because i think the answer is similar to to the voice stand. um for now all i can say is i'm continuing on right i'm continuing on we just i just recorded 1000 and whatever it is now 1004 or um and um I just want to continue to provide value for people. Um, It's it's something that I love doing. It's 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 a hobby. Um, Again, I'm not going to lie. It would be wonderful to begin to monetize this stuff and allow me to continue to expand the stuff that I'm doing in voice because I just I I I think it's remarkable. Um, How does that work with flash briefings? It's harder for sure. It's harder with if there's one thing I've learned about monetization with flash briefings, it's much more difficult because. The episodes, the typical episodes, and again, I know this from surveys through my audience, most people like flash briefings that are around two minutes in length. And, you know, to stick an ad at the beginning of a two-minute flash briefing or at the end of a two-minute flash briefing, that's a big ask for the audience to sit through 15, 30 seconds of an ad when the whole flash briefing is two minutes. And I've experimented a little bit with it, but, you know, the people that want to... um, potentially sponsor flash briefings. I think it's very important for those people to know that I think if you're going to sponsor a flash briefing and it's going to be in a way that's not going to take away from the experience of the flash briefing itself, it's got to be very short. Like I'm talking like five seconds where it's like, you know, this flash briefing is brought to you by blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And if that sponsor is okay with that, um, I think that's an area that I'd be willing to explore a little bit more. To be honest, I just haven't had that much time to really dive into that area because the voice in has been, um, a big priority over the last six months
0: or so. You, 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 can't, you can't monetize one project because you're too busy launching another <laughs>
1: That's the problem. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, no, that's interesting. Um, the flash briefing format in general. Yeah. So the flash briefing format in general has been sort of looked at, I don't know what word I would use. Um, You know, I've got star-crossed in my head. That's not really what I'm looking for. Um, It's it's a mixed bag. Mm -hmm. You know, the format itself is a bona fide home run. Short information, often to start your day. You know, people are creatures of habit. The problem with COVID is we're getting into, you know, getting out of old habits, getting into new habits. And, you know, we're struggling with that as a human species. Mm -hmm. Um, But the flash briefing, you don't need to be a real rocket scientist to understand there's always going to be a need for short form content. Okay, so we get that. The problem with the smart speakers and the voice assistants has been multiple. First of all, there's been discover there's discovery problems. Right. Um, and that, to me, has been compounded by Amazon... Just absolutely not lifting a single finger to explain what a flash briefing is. So you don't uh, make it easy to find. You don't do the educational, you don't do the education it requires on the website. You don't ever promote it with your media campaigns. Um, and you've got a slightly um, unusual name for the short form content right. that right. demands that you educate, but you don't do it. So you just, it, there's this sort of cloud of confusion that sits over the flash briefing medium. And what's changing is that you've got more entrance into the space. You've got a Google and you know, you've know you got Apple with Siri, you've got people doing things um, on the mainstream macro level. And then you've got some more niche sorts of things going on in different sectors that could be, uh, that could move the needle in one way or another. All of that to say, do you agree with my assessment of all of that? And where do you see the flash briefing medium going as we start to emerge out of COVID whenever that is?
1: Yeah, you raised some really, really good points there. Um, You said a lot there. Um, I think, first of all, the name, Flash Briefing. um, It's not obvious what exactly that is, I'd agree with that. Um, That's one of the reasons that I often refer to them as briefcasts, because people know what a podcast is now. And briefcast, I mean, it's a short podcast. um, And uh, you mentioned the network, I mean, that's what I call the network, briefcast.fm. But uh, yeah, I mean, so okay, so there's a name issue. Um, I do agree that Amazon could be doing a little more to educate people about what a flash briefing is. The discoverability issue, though, is an interesting one because, yes, you know, the Amazon could always do more about that. But I also feel that as the creator of content, whether it's a flash briefing, whether it's a podcast, whether it's the voice den, whether it's anything, it's the creator's responsibility to market it. Um, it's not you know, any, any major corporation, any major company that that, you know, that is a household name, they don't rely on another company to market their stuff for them. They market themselves. And which is why, as I'm sure you've seen, Bradley, I do a lot of marketing of my own stuff. Um, hopefully not too much that it drives people crazy. I try to mix it with valuable content and interviews that I do and that sort of stuff. But at the same time, I am, I'm not shy to market my own stuff. And, um, and I think it's the same for flash briefings. I think the, as, as it's obvious, I mean, the opportunity is tremendous with flash briefings. Um, but I also think the onus is on the person that's creating it to do the marketing of their own content. And again, that's whether it's a flash briefing or a podcast. Um, so yeah, uh, there are certain people that certainly listen to flash briefings and the other people that I know just, there's no interest. You know, that just doesn't fit into my, to my lifestyle. And I'd rather watch YouTube or I'd rather listen to podcasts and there's going to be different medium for different people. And people like to learn things in different ways, and um, yeah, I just I, it, it's a very interesting discussion. I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying there, Bradley. And uh, so, so to, to summarize, what can Amazon do? I think Amazon could do a little bit better job of educating people about what a flash briefing is. Um, but when it comes to you know you've created your own flash briefing, it's time to get it out there. You want people to to uh, to find it. Obviously, it'd be wonderful if Amazon promoted those, but I don't think it's their responsibility. I think it's the content provider's responsibility.
0: I agree. Yeah, no, I'm I'm on that page as well. And and you know I I um I recounted this anecdote. I'm trying to remember where it was in one of the many many virtual events uh, over the last three to six months. I um I was on something with Roger. Maybe it was a webinar with Roger Kibby at Samsung, mm-hmm. and I was telling him that. So this is my. Galaxy, this is my Note 9 phone, okay? I've gotten a lot of good use out of it, really like it. I was, um, pre-COVID, I was somewhere, I don't know if I had given a talk or I was supposed to give a talk the next day or something. I was in the hotel and uh, just super tired. And so I'm fumbling around with my phone and I set my alarm, you know, for the next morning. And then head hits the pillow, gone, gone out like a light. So then, so I wake up the next morning and I think I'm like startled because I think somebody's in the room. No, what I'd actually managed to do in my, uh, uh, half, half stupor, uh, the night before was set the alarm on the phone Uh to wake up with what's essentially a flash briefing of news on the phone. And when I realized what was happening, I sat there and I listened to it. And um, it was absolutely fantastic. It was joyous. Um, It was exactly the right amount of content. It was presented in an interesting way. Um, And then it was over. Mm-hmm. And I was up, you know fully mentally awoken um and ready to get up and and get moving and um it was a beautiful experience and um and I've had that on my mind off and on you know since then mm-hmm. and what what I find interesting about that is that as um eye opening of an experience as that was for me personally, you know, I'd heard people talk about flash briefings. We did an entire event around flash briefings. Right. I just hadn't really been a consumer of flash briefings very much. Um, and to go through that and to, to witness, this is, this is the marriage of the medium with the use case, you know, like the specific time to use it and the way to use it, even with all that, a consistent habit was not formed. Yes, and and um, something seems to be in the way of this habituation of routine around flash briefings for me. Yep. Um, I never forgot how good that was. Yep, I have the same device. I don't really know what's going on there, but I think that's a final hill to climb. Whatever, whatever that is, um, figuring out how to help habit forming behavior to occur around flash briefings, I think is something that has to happen too.
1: Yeah, you know, well, one of the things that that you'll be, and I'm sure you're aware of, just recently with Amazon is they they announced the quick links, right? So now you can click on a link to to um, to enable a skill. It doesn't work for flash briefings. Hmm. So, um, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm not sure why, to be honest, um, why that is the case. Um, but uh, my understanding, unless something has changed more recently, is that it that isn't enabled for flash briefings. And that might, you know, that's certainly not the, the solution, the entire solution. But if you could have something like that, where somebody sees a social media post, and it's like, hey, you wanna listen to our flash briefing, get your two minute update on whatever the topic is, just hit this link or hit, hit, yeah click on this link and uh you know next, tomorrow morning when you wake up you'll get your feed and i mean that may take a little bit of friction out of the out of the uh, process and that i think that can only help is it the tire solution no but it might make it a little bit easier because you're right there still is some friction to enable the flash briefing and schedule it and that sort of thing it's it's a tough one it's a tough one i i i get that sense i know what you're talking about and i'm not sure how to just get over the hump
0: there there's yeah there's something there's there's a there there and um it's hard to describe unless it's just someone like you who has done a thousand flash bre- a thousand plus excuse me flash <laughs> briefing um <laughs> and uh it's worth uh pondering but uh no terry this is this has been great um i want to ask you uh before i let you go um you know, you follow voice as closely as as closely as anybody, um, and uh, you know, conversational AI and the movement of everything. Um, give me, in closing here, mm-hmm. one trend with voice and AI that you're maybe paying a little bit more attention to um, as we head to the end of the calendar year, head toward you know a light at the end of the tunnel with COVID sooner or later. Um, what's something in particular with voice and AI that you're watching closely?
1: Yeah, I, I, well, I think uh, COVID has really changed a lot of things. And being a physician, one of the things that I'm very interested in is how voice is going to affect the way that we get our healthcare. And I think that, um, I know there's been a lot of discussion about this. You um, know if, if, if there is a silver lining in, in, a, in a global pandemic where we're all in our homes, it's that we've become a little more comfortable with technology, whether it's telemedicine or whether it's uh, voice technology. And I'm optimistic to see that continue um, in the next year, two years. And as has been said in many places, you know I think this has accelerated the, uh, the adoption of that technology. So I'm really excited. Um, I hope uh, that we continue to see a lot of innovation in the way that uh, people can use voice to access their healthcare, and you know. And now we're seeing it in terms of just being able to do COVID screening questions through through a device. Um, lots of jurisdictions have have allowed you to do that. Now you're not sure you have a symptom. You have a chat with your with your device, and there's reputable information where you can see, like at least, do you need to go get tested now, or what do you do? Um, that's just the first step. I think we have so much more to do there. Once we get the you know the artificial intelligence really kind of uh, into its own with regards to the healthcare stuff. So um, yeah, I mean, there, there's a whole discussion just in that little bit, but that's one of the areas that I'm really interested to to see what happens in the next year or two.
0: Excellent. So uh, onward and Upper Terry, uh, appreciate you taking the time to be part of this week in voice, uh, share your time, share your expertise, your experience uh, with not just me, but the audience as well.
1: Thank you so much, Bradley. And like I say, it's a a real pleasure to be on here. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, no, I'm glad to have you on here. For This Week in Voice, season five, episode five. Thank you for listening, watching if you're watching on YouTube. Until next time.